Are coming to you live from the Victory Room. That's right in Brooklyn, New York. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of House of Naco. We are here, as I said, and here meaning, of course, as many are being forced around the country and around the world to either quarantine by choice or you're being forced to do it by state mandate whatever um so yes we're here as well doing that but not allowing current circumstance or situation to steal our joy or stop our flow our hustle so first and foremost we just want to send everyone out peaceful vibes healing vibes wellness vibes let's focus on not falling for the fear and consumption narrative and be cautious obviously keep your head in the game (laughs) it's not the time to completely close yourself up and stop listening to the corporate news narrative or even the the fear narrative in a lot of independent news. Because that's all you'll see. Whether you go whatever platform it is. Whether it's television, online, or a combination of both. But in order to survive. And not just survive hanging by your teeth. Like survive with joy and with energy and with... Um, determination with hope looking forward the only way for that to um and and a lot of people can't say to continue even for that to arise out of a pandemic like this we have to focus on that and envision those things and so rejecting the fear is a part of keeping it chill up in here. And that's what we're doing. We're chilling. And sending you those vibes as well. So we're not going to focus on the fear. We're focusing, first and foremost, I needed to dish and just kind of decompress if you will decompress deconstruct deconstruct is probably the right term but I just a few minutes ago had the opportunity to watch Jimmy Dore interview congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard who announced Uh, if it wasn't yesterday, the day before, but announced this week, the days are just blending together, folks, bear with me. But it was announced recently by Tulsi Gabbard herself in a video, ending her campaign 
which many have questioned why she even stayed in it for this long. But she finally ended the campaign, which was not a surprise. But the surprise came when she was like, dun, dun, dun. And I endorse, support, whatever word. To me, they're synonymous. Doesn't matter. But she used either one of those words or both for Joe Biden. Joe, quote unquote, the thing, Biden. And that was the part that was shocking. It was shocking. And I wanted to see, at least initially, it was shocking. After I had a chance to just take it in, it didn't become that shocking. Because nothing should shock us at this point. Like, look at, look at what's going on. This This type of thing hasn't happened at least on this pandemic level since, what was it? We were talking about the Spanish flu and the dates before the the early 1900s. And that took out a lot of people. So none of us were around at that time. So this is something that is new for the whole world. So nothing should really shock or maybe it does for just, it's like a shell shock, if that makes any sense. It's just on the shell, and then it will dissipate. You'll be like, okay, <laughs> okay, what's next? But yeah, so, and one point that was made several times, even before uh, the interview started, I like to get into the chats and see what fellow people are uh, saying. Now, speaking of people, Jimmy Dore did mention, I believe it was after this interview when he continued the live show, that he believes a lot of people in the chats are like, you know, not real that they're planted if they are, you know, negative and stuff like that, which is, which, or at least that's what I understood him to be saying. He didn't dwell on it, which is um, something interesting. I mean, I did see there are some like kind of bodish kind of um, responses, you know, that you see them regularly, like Trump 2020, it'll just come in the same person or a couple different, at least I've seen, I haven't analyzed his chats and the activity. <laughs> That's not my job. But anyway, so yeah, I wanted to see what Tulsi had to say. I was very shocked that Number one, that she was not that she was suspending her campaign. That made sense, even though we were like, oh, it's a pandemic. And in the critique of Bernie Sanders that his he should officially end the campaign because you can't really campaign in this type of pandemic, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, but. He hasn't made it public. There are people that are criticizing Bernie saying because I have not checked his site recently. I will that there's still a donate button on it. And that's disingenuous to have a donate button if your campaign really can't continue. Um, we have a question from the audience. Do what? 
What is any campaign still running? Joe Biden's campaign shouldn't technically still be running either. Yeah, this is true. Why? That is a very good question from our audience. Thank you very much. But this is true. No one is focusing on the people who are or who have been from day one critical of Bernie and the campaign have wanted him to not even be in it and of course they have dropped out at every moment nothing has been yes primaries have been suspended and we all know what has happened but what I'm saying what what is the reality is that the campaign has not officially suspended Joe Biden is not officially the Democratic nominee. So for us to be talking in these terms, when we are watching that every single second of life now, especially under these terms, is changing, it can be, I often, <laughs> especially in these times, we're talking about bizarre world, the things that we thought like day is now night, black is white, up is down. It's that's when everything's swirling around and you shouldn't be shocked about, you know, people who you once thought were on this side and they're like, ah, just kidding, I'm over here. Because that's what happened. I feel like when things get like this, people's true intentions, true colors, true vulnerabilities come out. Because it becomes like in this whole do, especially with the whole fear, you know, thing being underlined and everyone's affected by it, whether you're a part of the 1% or the 99. So it's like, you know, the circling type of, of fear. So I was intrigued to see what Tulsi had to say. I, I was saying I was shocked, not, not that she said she was suspending the campaign, but that who she is choosing to endorse. I thought that it would make more sense for her for whatever she decides to do, regardless if it's political, because she is not running for re-election for her seat from Hawaii. So that means she's looking for something else to do. Even if it's not in the political arena, I wouldn't think that you should still be thinking of course hold your principles number one but be thinking about like how is this going to affect whatever I want to do like if I wanted to even if you wanted to get out of the political realm and do a not-for-profit that helps you know veterans and helps this your credibility is questionable whatever you want to do even if you are going to be a CNN anchor I'm going to be looking at you sideways and a lot of people will be too because it seems real opportunistic if that's where if that's where you decide to end up but I will not be surprised because saw Pete Buttigieg trying to host and trying to have his like 15 seconds of fame and feel like one of the cool kids recently on Jimmy Kimmel I'm sure many of you have watched. If not, you can see clips of it on the YouTube, as Bernie Sanders would say. But we've heard Andrew Yang and his wife have joined, uh, are now represented by one of the top like talent agencies, CAA, meaning they are expected to 
go they're expecting to be doing things in that realm that's when you get signed to places like that so uh, the minute that Andrew Yang was like I'm gonna be on CNN I just knew initially when I heard it I was like this is some sellout just I was never a Yang Gang person per se I did like the UBI thing that he was or thing (laughs) the UBI proposal he was pushing but when you just jump to a position like that with CNN it just makes me automatically like okay you are in this for the money and the prestige because you know you're not going to be able to talk about your initiatives that you were spouting on your campaign they're on CNN you're paid to give a certain position and he's smart enough to know that but he doesn't care so and doesn't need the money or anything so that's why it's so interesting so it'll be interesting to see exactly what Gabbard decides to do if it's not in the political realm but still it was interesting. So I haven't even got into the actual interview, but this was the pre-interview and I could tell from Jimmy's chat that people were really not happy with her, <laughs> number one. And I didn't see any sort of like, yeah, I can't wait for Josie. I've missed her so much. Everyone was like, what, what, sell out, sell out, what, what, sell out. That was basically the whole theme of it. I was surprised so quickly that she would want to go on Jimmy Dore's show, but perhaps, I mean, no disrespect to Jimmy Dore, but I just wouldn't think she would want to expose herself to the criticism because I know she has, she knows that what the sentiment is that people aren't like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And she had to have known when she made that announcement that she was going to get a lot of blowback but perhaps she thought doing the show would at least touch her base and she would try to explain and I'll let you know what I think about that in just a second all right so the interview. It was like countdown. I was ready. And then I'm watching Jimmy Dore's wife. Okay, I need to stop calling her Jimmy Dore's wife. Miserable Lib was doing her whole readings, very selective um, things from the chat. You could just tell by her, the way she was talking that she I mean they looked visibly upset you could tell that both of them were just besides themselves but they pulled it together because of course this is a great opportunity to talk and interview this person but it's also a person and a movement or what they believed and what many of us believed and contributed to financially You volunteered for this woman. You might have knocked on doors or canvassed in some type of way. You believe that she was a progressive candidate, that she had the uh, authority and the 
strength and the tenacity to go up against the establishment. She wasn't afraid to call them out. She went up against the DNC, up against Hillary Clinton, calling her queen of warmongers. I mean, we really were like, all right, Tulsi. (laughs) You know, I was not a contributor tour to her campaign, but I like the things that she had to say. And I definitely am a fan of Jimmy Dore. Been rocking with Jimmy since TYT times. So his defense of, not defense of Tulsi, but his admiration for Tulsi and his, uh, I mean, not campaigning for her, but every time she was mentioned and mentioned a lot, and I watch a lot of what he has put out, I'd say over 90% of the content that he's put out, at least on YouTube, and always with Tulsi, it was putting her almost in another category. And I know he wasn't alone in that. So to hear that she was out, I'm sure he could reconcile with, that made sense. But the Biden endorsement or support of Biden in any way, even mentioning Biden, is just unfathomable if you believe that Tulsi was this renegade progressive leader and that could even have the strength to say, you know, F, (laughs) F it all to the DNC and start a third party, which is what this country needs. Uh, so yeah, they were visibly, both him and his wife looked like they had had a long night, early morning, (laughs) I mean, like, and this was taking a toll on them, it was something emotional for them, which goes to show that there is something to be said about separating a person from the movement, so, and to be conscious, Uh, not conscious, to be conscious of that, that we can't put faith and stock in any human being because we all have flaws. We all can, even with the strongest convictions, you can make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect. No one is. However, (laughs) however, that being said, when you also are someone that takes a public face and a public stance and you're asking people to stand with you and you've had an ethic and a positioning that has been in one certain way and then you do something like endorsing a candidate who has a serious track record of wanting war, waging war, loving war, not trying to stop it, not trying to do any of the progressive ideals and initiatives that you brought up. So for you to endorse this person for president in the midst of a pandemic makes no sense. It makes no sense. Many people are like, oh, she's being blink twice, Tulsi, if you're being controlled or if the DNC like put their foot to your neck, which is what I thought. I was like, maybe she is being, but it could be perhaps not. I have no idea. I don't know if it's a real trying to give the the screws to Bernie because she hasn't been embraced 
in the same way that she feels she stuck her neck out for him. Who knows? There's been so many other narratives floating, but I wanted to see Gabbard in as not the flesh, obviously, but through my screen and got that opportunity. So it wasn't that long of an interview. And I must say my first concern I even wrote in the super chat or it wasn't super chat. It was just a chat. Excuse me. So in just a chat, I wrote that I really am looking for Jimmy to be tough on her and ask her tough questions despite, you know, his feelings, basically. And I believe he delivered. Now, there were some people who were critical and said he didn't go far enough. Dora's response to that on the loud chat was like, well, short of calling her names, he felt like he asked her tough questions and he went there and he was right. He did. In my opinion, I, it was a concern that his feelings and his support of her and whatever friendship they have developed would get in the way of him being just as tough and critical as any other candidate in that position that he had backed and contributed money to and all of that. And I believe he, he did, he did it. He did the thing. You know, you know the thing. Jimmy Dore did it. He was definitely respectful of her because he. this is a woman that even if he really is disappointed in her, he did have admiration for and still does. So you can definitely tell he was asking these questions not in a maligned sort of way that they ask Bernie questions during a Democratic debate. These paid shills from... Uh, CNN and NBC, BET, Viacom, CBS, whatever. You know, they're just puppets and are told, ask him in really uh, offensive, nonchalant tone. So, Senator Sanders, you're saying that you didn't like that. <laughs> like that. So, yes, Jimmy did not come at her with like, look, Chelsea. And maybe some people were looking for that. That wasn't going to happen. That's not what I was looking for, but I was looking for him to really not give her these softball questions and be like, so tell me, how are you doing? Has your family? Aloha, Hawaii. I did not want to hear about the weather or the palm trees, even though they looked so dope in the background. Hawaii looks beautiful. But look, I have heard enough. I heard Tim Black say that he is done with Aloha. <laughs> I mean, not done with Aloha, but just done hearing about it and the meaning and all that. He's just tired of Tulsi. Tired of Tulsi. Hashtag. That's a great one. Anyway, so Dor went in, I feel like, and Tulsi's answers were evasive, evading, very skilled politician-like, and she just went around and said some flowery language, but did not give anything concrete at all. I mean, but Jimmy asked her, he was like, how do you reconcile? He has a way of putting it, like, how do you square that circle or something? Meaning, like, how do you, in a nicer way of saying, like, how do you live with yourself? How do you 
rationalize and reconcile with yourself saying that these wars are illegal saying that these wars are killing all of these innocent people saying that these wars are about money and profit and not about people and that I've heard her give her testimony as a uh, a medic and hearing her talking about bringing seeing her friends that are like mutilated or dead like war I mean I I I've said it before I'll say it again people who put themselves in those type of situations on a daily basis like as their job I'm in awe of people that can do that that's not me (laughs) and God bless those who it is you know God bless us all first of all but God yes I'm I'm it that's not what I'm critiquing it's it's a a someone who's running for office who has run on a series of principles and then by supporting a candidate who is so the polar opposite like the antithesis of what you state you believe in is just wild it's wild it's wildly misleading I'm hope from the sense that I got that most people that were contributing to her, following her, going voting for her are not going to follow in her footsteps and vote for Biden. And she did not or maybe she did say join me in my clip. Maybe she did say join me in it. But it wasn't that I'm talking about her video that she put out. It wasn't that overwhelming of a like go to your Twitter and start following Biden and make sure to vote for him. Um, and so, yeah, Jimmy went in, he asked her, how can she be talking about regime change wars being so evil and just war being horrible, but yet she's saying she's proud to serve in the military. She's proud of her service. How does she reconcile that? And Jimmy quoted first before he even just asked her that question he was reading quotes from veterans who say that they are ashamed, they feel guilt, they want forgiveness for what they have done, and they feel shortchanged, they feel lied to, jilted by their company, because company, <laughs> that's what it is, company, not country, but Freudian slip, but jilted by their country that lied to them, lied to them about a war and made them the scapegoats but the perpetrators of this violence and that they have to there's many veterans who feel that and she gave very diplomatic wish-washy answers that didn't really point to the issue he asked her direct not in a very indirect passive aggressive way like oh Tulsi he didn't act like he was scared of her somebody was saying oh Jimmy's scared of Tulsi I didn't see fear from him I saw disappointment he was trying to keep it together and he's still likes this woman so he's not trying to diss her and call her an idiot to his face. I've never seen I've seen him talk about people in his live show most definitely and on his show I've seen him rip people but not in an interview one to one I've never seen him do that that doesn't seem like his style even if he wanted to go in on her he would do it after <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, I thought he really, I haven't seen an interview like that or read one that was that in depth and asking really tough questions like that. Like maybe like some Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! Like they kind of do some in-depth kind of questions like that. And I'm sure a lot of other uh, independent ones do as well. I'm just, you know, spitballing here. But so, yeah, he asked her directly, like, Biden, how can you even endorse such a person? And she falls back on that. Well, I made a promise and signed an agreement saying that I would endorse the Democratic candidate, which Biden is not. I know. Oh, yeah. All the the polls, the polls. He said he's going to win. And now there's I know. I know. But I'm saying it still is not on the books. And until it's on the books and official, it's not. So, yeah, I know you signed that agreement. It's not official. So that that using that as, you know, oh, this is my reasoning doesn't fly. And it didn't fly with most of the people watching who were chatting about it anyway. One thing that Tulsi kept saying in her defense of supporting Biden was that she's being practical. She's like, I'm being practical, I'm being practical, aloha. I'm like, what? It just seems like, where is the progressiveness? You have now all all of a sudden shifted your stance from progressive ideals and initiatives to being practical. And the way she's breaking down practical or practicality is supporting Joe Biden, knowing that he's in cognitive decline, knowing that he said he's going to veto Medicare for all, that nothing that you are talking about in any of your initiatives or uh, targets as a presidential nominee that this man supports. It's actually the opposite. But to say that, oh, the American people have spoken about who they have chosen to be the nominee, when you know, you left the DNC talking about you left because they were being unfair to Bernie Sanders, which you know was voter suppression. Even though it's not available or because you didn't say these things I'm not sure but the support or there isn't a lot of people in the Bernie camp in the Sanders Institute besides uh Sean King I would think that are focusing on and Sean King is also such a questionable individual but I mean has a lot of scrutiny and a lot of controversy that follows him but to me he's the only person among these Sanders surrogates or the uh, people who make up his institute uh, 
are focusing on the grave misjustice of voter suppression in this country and specifically in this campaign and towards this candidate. None of them has spoken up, but clearly Tulsi's, I mean, perhaps it had to do more with infighting in the DNC. She didn't get along with Wasserman or she doesn't want to bow down to her, whatever it is. They were having beef and she's like, oh, let me just use this Bernie Sanders thing as a way for me to exit this thing because this Debbie Wasserman is grinding my gears. Who knows? It could have been something like that. But from the optics point of view, it looked like you left, broke ranks with the DNC because you knew they were doing some fraudulent-ish to our boy Bernard. And so you left backing him up, which means you know about the voter suppression, but unlike you and so many other people who are supposed to be surrogates and Sanders supporters, I even tweeted about this during... Uh, the California primary tweeting out like why aren't Sanders surrogates I saw Sean King doing it like I said Sean King was the only one that at least I saw very prominently talking about voter suppression giving out information via online platforms so that people knew that they had to say a certain phrase and they couldn't say something else if they wanted to vote Democrat and change their party and all of this complicated stuff that they try to make voting so annoying and complicated just so that you don't do it. And now, conveniently, with the Rona, now it makes it so that the primaries are delayed or canceled. Mm, How convenient for the establishment. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah. So for Tulsi to know, she's not a fool and she knows about voter suppression. So for her to say that the people have spoken and Biden picked Biden, she knows firsthand about media and how powerful it is because they smeared the heck out of her with the whole Tulsi is a Russian bot. She's an Assad apologist. She's blah, 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 blah. They they just went at her with everything. And of course, that did raise curiosity with people. But of course, they're going to ve- deem her as being dangerous or an outsider and blase, blase, blah. So she knows how powerful the media is. And how all this super PAC money went into ads for Joe Biden and television for Joe and celebrities for Joe. So she knows how it works. So for her to say that the people have chosen him, she knows that the people have not. And if she doesn't, she was never at what I think now is showing how she truly rolls. You can ever have been down with that progressive mindset from the beginning if you don't know about what's really going on out there and how they're out here stealing votes and coming up with the most crazy ways on how to steal these votes from from us, the people, and that's our right that they have found loopholes and all these ways to jump through and pay all of this money to be able to control elections so that it can serve 
corporations. And like Jordan of Status Quo has said, it is the United Corporations of America. And forget the states because it's the corporations that are moving. It is the corporations that say jump and then the government's like how high like how the airline industry is demanding 50 billion dollars to bail them out of this whole rona situation when they should have more than enough in their own stocks and equity and all of that for bail they shouldn't come running to the government for that these industries make so much money But as I was learning today, a lot of them put them in stock instead of like actual cash on hand. So when the stocks go amok, kind of like, daddy, government, give me more money. And then the government's going to turn and not just move those decimals around and create more cash. They're going to try to say to come to the 99% to come and get it. Like that doesn't make any sense at all why is socialism just so easy for the corporates and then when it's for the people it's like what i can't pay for that what are the numbers for that what are the numbers for that it's gonna cost too much money it's gonna cost too much nobody says anything when these people come and ask for this type of money when we have to ban too big to fail anyway getting off the subject so yes i don't want to hear getting back to telsey i am not buying that she truly believes that the people have voted and already spoken for joe so that's why i'm going to be a realist and a practical woman and politician and i'm gonna go with biden i'm riding with biden that just to me sounds like wow okay you were on some other stuff you were telling us one thing but really thinking another and but there's a lot of people who would say that Tulsi was never a progressive there are people who have called her a fake progressive or people that have called her controlled opposition and when you make a move like this could could you blame them it kind of starts to make sense So, I, what can we say? Another one bites the dust. This isn't the last we're going to see of someone who has built up a reputation for one thing, but then we find out that they were totally not what they proposed. It's happened throughout time. It will happen now. It will happen in the future. So... I didn't cry any tears for Tulsi, like how Jimmy and Miserable Lib did, but, and, but there's no way, no how that I would think her credibility to me is shot with something like this, unless she was under direct threat of the DNC or the powers that be, which I don't believe. I don't. I believe she made this play for herself because it's going or her strategists and her people and her and her figured out that this would be the best way for whatever avenue she is intending to go down. 
after her term in Congress is over because she is not running for re-election. She could announce some some sort of uh, political career or Washington, D.C. insider type stuff. Who knows? But for me, I'm like, next, next, have several seats. It's not about making mistakes. Like, this isn't a mistake. <laughs> this is just a change of your principles and values at least the ones that you purported were your principles and values so that just doesn't match up with where my mindset is at and for though there were some people though who were saying Telsey 2024 and we're still gonna be down with her till the end and you have the right to do that but I'm just saying like to move forward like now is the time that I would think we need all hands on deck and if you're not playing for the right the right team which is the human team which is getting for the people 100% and not just with you know health care and not just with with one, you know, thing that's for a position that you were in, but for the general welfare, wellness, and upward mobility of people. If you're not down with that platform, that's why this third party has to come up for real, real talk. But uh, before we do close out this segment, I did want to read an excerpt from a YouTube clip that was pulled down essentially and I think because I mean when YouTube goes and censors people under the guise of what do they try to say that you are violating some type of either copyright infringement or violating their rules about harassment or something like that it's some sort of issue a lot of people have said this is a way of taking off certain videos that point out the truth and not the narratives that um, corporate media is putting out. And so this was one video by a reporter, commentator, journalist, not sure, Debbie Lusenag. Probably not saying her right name right. But a video, she's done some writings about Bernie Sanders being controlled opposition, Tulsi, and all these other progressive leaders. Um, And I think it's interesting to hear this perspective at this time. Like I said, nothing is shocking, nothing at all. So I'm actually reading a transcript off of another journalist who transcribed it, I guess, before the video, or maybe saved the video smartly and was able to transcribe it. So it says, quote, there are the new faces of the sheep herders. That's what they are. These roles have been played for decades within the Democratic Party. They use progressives. They highlight in election years. Dennis Kucinich, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and many others, they highlight them, and they put their message out, 
because the Democratic Party would not be able to sustain establishment power without people playing this role. Because if we did not have the sheep herders who are integral, they are core to how the Democratic establishment keeps power. People wouldn't stay. Why do you think it was Bernie Sanders who was hired by the Democratic Party establishment and had a special position created for him? And why the corporate media, which blacked him out during the campaign, this is in 2016, now features him. Do you think the corporate media is featuring him 24-7 because he's challenging establishment power? And no, he's not getting one over on them because they have never been any real tangible concessions of power for these progressives to play this role. This is old It is really, really old, and I've had a lot of people take offense because they feel like I'm attacking them. I'm not attacking you. I'm pointing out something that has been done for decades that is a part of how the establishment manipulates you, and they do it through the politicians that you trust, and this is what makes it so hard because people will not accept that Bernie Sanders is an establishment politician. They think that Bernie is an outside politician, even when every action has been to throw the power that he actually has back to the establishment power, propping up Tom Perez, propping up Chuck Schumer, Schumer, propping up Hillary Clinton, and propping up these Democrats, the very thing they say that they oppose with the Republicans. This is so crucial because this is how they manage people. This is how they manage us. You're not going to take the Democratic Party back from within, basically saying you're mad at their policies while shielding their corruption and their fraud and propping up the center politicians who hold true power within the party. You would have to tear down the corruption and you would have to expose the fraud. Instead, Bernie Sanders lies his ass off to blame Russia for what the Democratic, the Democratic Party, the DNC, and Hillary Clinton operatives did. He's shielding the establishment and people do not get this. Oh, Lord and Lord. Lord and Lord. That was a packed punch. She did a right and a left and uh, some Muhammad Ali stuff in the end. I mean, shoot. Can can you really try to break that down and be like, no, this is... I mean, people who are establishment Democrats will find some point in what this uh, person's commentary was and trying to be like, no, that's not how it really is. But to me, I mean, I'd really have to search for something in that to say that's not true. That's not true. Because I mean, although I have supported our boy Bernard for a while, I cannot say that I can disagree with what was written here, what I just read, these quotes. Um, the, Bernie has a lot of power, and it's just becoming more real the more that we get involved and you look outside of this corporate narrative and see, really look at what steps the campaign is taking and how the and tuning into what the people are saying which is 
tuning into independent podcasts and vlogs and out uh platforms like Jimmy Dorso and Status Quo and all these other uh, places to really get a sense for what the people are thinking and not just what the establishment media is telling you people are thinking or telling you how to think or giving you that narrative. Um, But yeah, there is real power in this movement But the one thing this author is not really focused on, which is the truth, is that from the beginning, there was a distinction that I think was very smart of Bernie Sanders to do, regardless of he once wasn't controlled, but is now controlled, or when the controlling from the opposition happened or whatever. He made a distinction in this campaign to say it is not about him. It is about the collective and anybody who was truly a believer in his campaign. It is not even about this man. So if he is like, which is why in 2016, when he said, go for Hillary and spoke up for her and went and campaigned for her even more than that woman campaigned herself and she still did not win is because the people knew that the movement was beyond Bernie. So if they felt, no, this woman is, yes, a woman, and we want to see a woman be president, but it has to be the right woman, has to be the right person who's going to work for us. And Hillary Clinton's whole message, which was not a message, was I'm with her. She did not say anything about the people. She didn't say how we're going to be uplifted out of eight years of failed policies from President Obama. She was like, yeah, we're going to extend this Obama stuff and then go back to the Clinton stuff and yeah, and then add my stuff in it, which would mean horrible times. That's why she didn't win on top of so many other things. House of Knuckle. So, with Bernie, regardless of him, the person, where his motives are, or what has been, what he's agreed to do, and what we know publicly and what we don't know in private this goes beyond bernard sanders it's about a movement that wants to see a paradigm shift not just in this country but globally as well for that finally for people to be placed over profit and for us to live in a society where it is not one that is so imbalanced because nothing can exist harmoniously that is in balance. Your body can't live harmoniously if it's in balance. Your, I mean, what is it? Abraham Lincoln says a house divided, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I'm sure there's some biblical uh, scripture to back that up too, just for y'all to feel good about it. But it is the truth. This is it. The yin and the yang, the ebb and the flow. That's what it has to be. So. Although I can't really right now (laughs) get into, you know, whether or not this is a controlled opposition type of situation, 
I feel like we already know that that exists. We know how powerful the donor class is, how powerful the establishment the establishment is, and how tightly they want to hold on to power and how afraid they are of the power that we possess. So that is why we have to keep it focused, keep it together. Even if this quarantine and lockdown, we have to figure out ways to still stay. That's why we should reject this social distancing. People want you to just be, or the you know, narrative of the establishment wants to keep you in fear and keep buying stuff. <laughs> so in order to break that, we have to, yes, keep this distance physically, but that doesn't mean that we need to be cut off. We still need to be uh, co- connected and still need to create community that is what that's one of the beauties of social media and so we need to use it for those purposes to be even stronger than ever we might not be able to be in the streets with our yellow vests but you can really stop some stuff and shut it down and flip it around with the power that we possess to do that to do that online, to do that in in other ways. Going back to, I mean, being more creative and using other ways just because the main route of um, communication and uh, uh, connecting has changed, that doesn't mean that it's completely erased we just have to find other creative ways just like how people are still watching movies together in netflix i haven't uh figured out how to do it or even had the time really i've just been trying to get my situation here prepared and just ready to go but now that that is straight yes i'll be communicating and you can really even uh, improve modes of communication when you're not able to physically be next to someone like utilizing the phone utilizing email utilizing mail services while we still have it and if it's um you know say if you can do that safely um then you do that and you can increase relationships even without being in the same room or in the same apartment or country or whatever. So we can still be connected. We can still do something because we still have the power. That's what I'm saying. So we don't have to falter or to stumble just because the individual leading the movement or the campaign that we so fervently believed in has disappointed us because people get ready. We're going to be disappointed continuously by people because that is just human nature. A politician is no different because they are still are human beings. The same blood runs through them. They have vices. They have, you know, aren't perfect. They make mistakes. It truly is. Okay. But 
you do that, obviously, but then you have principles and morals and things that you run on as a politician. And if you're not upholding those things, then myself as a voter has the right to not want to support you in that endeavor. So that's where it goes. So let's start putting so much so much like over you're you're putting oh it's almost like the person cannot live up to what pedestal you put them on and let's go more in the the bernie route of not me us it's not focusing on the person it's focusing on those uh proposals and policies that that individual was once for and you're not I mean Medicare for all just because you know Bernie will drop out and say support Biden isn't something that I am just going to be like oh well he's not in it so I don't care about Medicare for all anymore no because from the beginning if you were down with Bernie you knew that it was about the policies and not about him as the person so hopefully if you were down you are still down and you're not going to give up and you still going to take what that passion regardless of what people come and go and keep that and keep moving forward and let's keep building coalitions and change will happen but i believe it's looking like it can't happen from within like that this is too sick and too corrupted it looks like it needs to be cut off completely and what some people say light a match burn it to the ground and on that note no not on that note but on the note of the passion the power and the passion and the hope that's the note that we should end on keep hope alive keep safe use this time to connect with someone that you haven't in a long time you've been wanting to you haven't had the time and now you do so yeah get caught up on that netflix or that binge watching spend time with your family and loved ones if you are in the same um, space as them but if you can set aside some time to reach out to that person that you've been wanting to connect with but you've had all these excuses and all these real life things to do. Let's focus on checking in on each other and showing compassion, even if you have to stay six feet away. And on that note, we will catch you on the flip side. Oh, no.